Welcome to episode five of Highlighted, the All Sports Culture Podcast. I'm Sully. We got Kurt here to discuss our NFL Top 100 list we've been dropping on our Instagram. It's caused quite the stir, so let's discuss it a little bit. We're going to play an NFL Would You Rather minigame, and we'll finish it off talking some MJ documentary, and we're going to look at an all-time NBA list. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So getting into it, first first topic we're going to discuss is our NFL Top 100 list. Um, we've been dropping it over the course of probably the last two um so far we've gotten down to 61 61 best player in our opinion is zach Ertz, and um it's caused quite the stir i mean anytime you make a list like this everyone knows there is so first off let me just say it's impossible to make this list like like right because there is no right answer you know that it's just like there's so many players there's so many different positions some people value running backs some don't value running backs at all like we we both don't value running backs that high but at the same time it's like all right like Christian McCaffrey's obviously a great player like where do you put him some people would have him top 3 player in the NFL cuz he's so amazing he changes the entire offense but at the same time we know a lot of running backs can plug and play maybe not at the McCaffrey level but similar so it's like maybe we have him at 10 and like 11 so a list like this is just so impossible, in my opinion. Um, I mean, we do our best. We, we have fun with it. We're not saying we don't like doing it. It's fun to argue all this. But I, I just don't like the people that are saying um, I, this list sucks and they don't really say anything about it. I mean, at least give a couple players where you think should switch. And if you're going to give a couple players that you think should be higher, at least say, oh, um, Fred Warner is definitely better than Demarcus Lawrence. Because obviously we got Demarcus Lawrence at 87, Fred Warner at 89. There's people saying Fred Warner's too low. Well, is he better than Jadavion Clowney? Say that if you think, so then we can replace him. Obviously, we're not going to change our list based on opinions of other people, but at least we can argue people and understand where they're coming from. So what do you think about the list we've been dropping? I like it, obviously, but I think, like you were kind of saying, it's one of those lists that are just impossible to make. And even when I think NFL Network drops like the, or like the players drop the top 100 players in the league, there's a lot of question marks regarding that, but you kind of just have to, you know, it's a super hard list to make. And I think that, the thing that we're trying to be most consistent with is like at least looking at the positional rankings. Like we have Darren Waller on this top 100 list. And we have Zach Ertz. Like obviously we're going to have Zach Ertz a good amount of spots ahead of Darren Waller. The only question is how many spots because of how many, you know, how valuable is that position? How valuable do we, you know, credit that position as it's um, to other positions? So I think that um, it's so hard to kind of make this list, but the biggest thing is we're kind of looking at, you know, positions and having, you know, if we think a certain someone is better in that position, we're going to put them higher on the list. It's just a matter of how much higher we're going to have on that list. So I think that as a whole, it's a hard list to make. And like you said, we do enjoy making it, but uh, a lot of question marks you could make on this list, but I think it's good. And it's, um, uh, it's a hard list, but one that's fun to make. And I think that people shouldn't have too many issues with. Yeah. And honestly, the funny thing is, um, if you look at some of the comments like this, this is all you need. I'm looking at the comments right now. And these two are actually right next to each other, which is so funny. It literally just like epitomizes the entire like, um, like gripe I have with people saying like, oh, this list sucks. This one guy goes, Ertz at 61. What a fucking joke. And then the guy below him goes, why is Ertz so high? He wasn't good last year. <laughs> right. You can't, you, you literally cannot just please everyone. Everyone's going to have their own opinion. And trust me, I, I like the one that says, why is Ertz so high? He wasn't good last year. That's totally fair. Ertz wasn't great last year. Um, that's a totally fair argument. He didn't really say who we should be below. So I don't like that. But uh, 
the guy above him said Earth at 61. What a fucking joke. I mean, that's just like, okay, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know how to respond to those comments. Right. It's like, and if I you think... name a player that you think he's better than, or you think Ertz, if, let's say, if he said Tyron Matthew is so much more valuable than Zach Ertz, which I would probably argue is probably true, in my opinion. Uh, we have Matthew at 63, and we have Ertz at 61. So, I mean, trust me, when they're two spots away, I don't think people realize how close that is. Yeah. And we've and also I... factored in multiple people's lists. So it's like, okay, maybe people had Ertz behind Matthew, but it's just like the, the factor of in you, they're two spots difference. It's almost identical. It's at this point, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that, like, if you're just going on the comments and you're kind of saying, like, like for an example, Ertz at 61, what a joke. And it's like, you have no reason to kind of back it up, then I don't care about your comment. But if it's like, I think that if you look at last year, like, you know, what Eric Hendricks did and it was more productive than I think Harrison Smith, then, you know, I'm just throwing something random out. But if you actually have a reason to back up why you think he should be ahead of him, then I like, I'm okay with your argument. But if you're just going to say, you know, this person should be higher, this person should be lower and you have nothing to back it up, then your argument is invalid in my opinion. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Another, another, it's actually funny. I feel like Instagram is putting these comments back to back on purpose. This guy goes, Anthony Harris over Alvin Kamara equals clown. And the next guy goes, what did Kamara do to even make this list? Like what? Yeah. So one guy says that Alvin Kamara should be top 60. And the other guy says Alvin Kamara should not be a top 100 player. That just goes to show how wide of a range these people are. And also you don't like, I don't know. uh, It's different when, um, you know, Saints fan 101 comments, and he goes, Alvin Kamara should right, be top yeah, 10. Right, yeah, exactly. I understand where he's coming from. He's obviously huge bias. But when someone comments and their name is uh, Blake Vaughn and they say something, I, and they say, like, how is Alvin Kamara even on this list? He's probably a Falcons fan, and I just have no idea. Like, it, right. it's obviously there's so many people with bias. We know that. James says the Ravens are going to go 16-0. and 0, so, <laughs> Oh, um, no, exactly. We know all about bias, but uh, – one thing I would say the biggest argument I have or the biggest gripe I have with it is, um, well, someone said, I'm still mad that the TV leader is 85. That was Kenny Galladay. He's at 75. So that was incorrect. Comment. <laughs> but I think we might have had him at 85 to start off or he was around there. We moved him up a little bit after we posted like the second one, I think, because yeah. um, we realized it was a mistake. But yeah, I would say getting Kenny Galladay could be a little higher because I do think he is very, very good. Um that's probably one of my – that's 75. I mean, that's, that's decently good. But he is probably close to a top 8 to 10 wide receiver in the league. And to say that he's 75 is tough. But also at the same time, it's like, is there a huge difference between the 8th receiver and the 15th? There's not a massive. Yeah. Obviously, the top 3, 4 are very, very elite. And then it starts to fall off a little bit. But if we're talking 8 to 15, I think they could be within 20 spots. So, um it's it's all it's all relative i don't know it's every it's all subjective and everyone has their opinion yeah um, and the kind of i know you kind of already brought up this argument but i had a friend who's a ravens fan not james but another one but james probably makes the yeah. same argument and he was like marcus peters at 72 and clay's campbell at 73 is a joke like yeah you can think that but you don't obviously think that you know you're saying that because you're a ravens fan and it's like i'm not listening yeah. to your argument because you obviously are just going to be biased towards him throughout whatever list is presented to you. So I think that... Yeah, and you didn't even say, like, why you think that. Right, and it's like, I don't... That's what I don't... Like, that... And it's with anything in life, and it's not just with this list. Like, if you 
say something and you have no reason to back it up or no evidence, then your argument's already invalid in my opinion. So. Yeah. I mean, I asked the group chat last night. I said, would anyone take Mark Andrews over Kenny Galladay or Chris Godwin in an offense? And I don't think anyone said yes. And we do have Mark Andrews at 70 and we have Godwin at 71 and Galladay at 75. So that's one of the instances where it's like, I think it came into um, people like obviously Mark Andrews is a top four or five tight end. He's probably like top. He's probably like almost, he's around five, I'd say maybe six, uh, whoever list you're making, uh, whoever's making the list. But, and Godwin is what, I don't know. He's probably around top eight, um, around 10. So maybe people were like, oh, top six tight end is better than the 10th wide receiver which is fair, I guess, but at the same time, I'd probably rather have the 10th wide receiver in my offense than the 6th tight end. Um, so in my opinion, that's a little bit of a mess up from us, but and it's people like, don't but it's, feel that way. So. Yeah, and it's so hard because it's all opinion-based because we, as all sports culture, could kind of like – we can have our opinion if we'd rather have the 5th best tight end as opposed to like the 8th to 10th best wide receiver, but another person could think the complete opposite. And it's that's why this list as a whole is so hard to make because – we could think one thing and that's how, and as long as we're being consistent with like that idea, then the list is good. But if someone else has a whole different idea, then of course they're going to argue with a bunch of players on the list. So it's just, you're not going to please anyone. I think that we've realized that. So we're sorry if you don't agree with every single player on our list, (laughs) but we're still dropping. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't even know who Grady Jarrett is. Is that bad? Like I, I literally did not know who that was. I'm not kidding. When I was making the edit. I made the edit for this, and I was putting it in, and I legitimately thought you guys were screwing with me. I mean, I was I like, "Who's say it's bad?" I just know I kind of became familiar with him because of the contract he got. I think it was last off season, so that's kind of where I did most of my research on him. But I mean, I I assume he's super underrated. That I right. guess, yeah. No, he's a good player. Well, good for him. Maybe I'll give him a call later. Yeah, exactly. Apologize to him. (laughs) All right. Well, I think it's time to move on with the top 100 list. We understand that it's impossible to make, but also fun. So we just do it for fun and we uh, hope people like it. So that's pretty much all we have for that. But now we can move on to the NFL Would You Rather segment. We got some questions. Um, I'll ask you the first one, then we can alternate on the next, on the other ones. Uh, Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson as your QB next season? Okay, so Aaron Rodgers, I think a lot of people are going to say Watson, and I, maybe this is a little bit of a hot take in a way, but I'm going to go Rodgers still. And I think that, yes, Rodgers is getting up there in age, and Watson, if anything, is kind of entering that prime era of his career. But with Rodgers, I think that, like we've made the argument for time and time out, I think he's personally the most talented quarterback of all time besides maybe Patrick Mahomes. So I think Aaron Rodgers – you know, still having, in my opinion, you know, still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I still think one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. And in my opinion, he's the best and the most talented, you know, the most most talented quarterback of all time. I think that I would rather have him for a season, but if obviously you're looking at it from a career perspective, I would probably go Watson. But in my opinion, if it's just next year, then I'm going to, I'm going to go Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair. I would love to agree with you because I am a huge Rodgers fan. And I said we posted the quote yesterday uh, on Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, that said, uh, you know, Rodgers said that idea of 
playing for one team and retiring for them that everyone wants to do may not be a reality at this point. He may have to move on because they drafted Jordan Love. Um, I, I commented, I said, there's an alternate reality where Rodgers wins three Super Bowls, and that's the one we should be in. Because I'm a huge Rodgers fan. I agree with you that he's the most talented of all time, um, besides Mahomes. But, uh, yeah, so – I just I wish he would win more uh, in his career. Obviously, he's still got a little bit left, um, but I feel like I might take Watson. I think Watson's really, really good, slightly inconsistent, but I would chalk that up to mostly his team, in my opinion. Uh, not much of an offensive line, a lot of uh, wide receiver injuries, especially last year. Uh, now they don't even have Hopkins anymore, so it's going to be tough. But I think if you put them in the same exact offenses – I think the production is going to be very, very close, and that's why we're arguing it. So, in my opinion, I don't think you can go wrong. I still think Rodgers is very, very good, even though people are saying he's declining. Um, but I might have to go Watson. I think he's really, really good. And like you said, he's about to enter his prime. He could get even better at this point. Right, so, uh, and one thing I do want to say is we've seen Rodgers, and I think that last year, you know, I think we saw more of, like, a team-building kind of surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Like, in the past – you know, he had Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, and he's had all right receivers. But I think that last year we kind of saw, you know, the team kind of forming around him and him having actually a really good support system. And his reward was he did make the NFC Championship team. So I think that, you know, with Rodgers in the past, yeah, he hasn't won anything. But I think a big reason for why that's occurred is – he hasn't really had the best support system. And I think that Watson kind of right out of the gate has had a pretty good support system with obviously having um, DeAndre Hopkins. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with no Hopkins this year. So, um, you know, I think that when you're looking at these, comparing these two quarterbacks, I think we have to take into account kind of what's been surrounded around them. And I think that Rodgers has done a really good job of adjusting to the situation that's been presenting to him. But with Watson, I think that he's kind of entered the league and, you know, has had a really good like opportunity presented to him, but now it's going to be interesting to see what happens with you know no Hopkins with Bill O'Brien still as his head coach. We'll see if he can uh, rise up to the occasion and do well and uh, hopefully make the playoffs with this uh, Texans team. So, yeah, I thought it was funny you said he got rewarded with the NFC Championship. I mean, he also got rewarded with a backup QB and then a third string running back or yeah, backup, right. however you want to look at it. But yeah, I, yeah, but yeah, I agree. They are building a nice squad around him for the most part. I think last year in the draft, they did really well going kind of defensive heavy and obviously acquiring some offensive pieces. And then this offseason, I'm just like, what are you doing? So yeah, I, I don't a little know. bit of a step back, but right. Um, all right, you want to ask me the next one? Yeah, so would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford as your quarterback next season? I'm going Stafford. And if we're – the problem with Stafford is durability. It's always been the problem. Um, and he hasn't really had much of a team. I mean, unless you're talking Calvin Johnson, uh, what has Matt Stafford really had? He hasn't had a 1,000-yard running back in forever. I think um, – did Carryon Johnson – I don't think Carryon Johnson ever got to 1,000 yards. I mean, he's hurt like every other game. So, yeah, I, I literally don't think they've had 1,000 yard so. running back in very, very long. But I um, think with them having Swift, it could give – Yeah, Swift, Swift and Johnson, it could be good. Because I think Carryon Johnson is a very good running back. I did but he also it. gets hurt all the time. So, maybe if you have Swift to maybe, you know, spell him a little bit. Um, 
it could be good. It could maybe uh, be good on his health and all that. Actually, I saw a Lions Twitter account. This is really funny. A Lions Twitter account tweeted a picture of Swift working out and then a picture of Kerryon Johnson on the beach with his girlfriend. His girlfriend is <laughs> very, very beautiful, let us say. But um, he said, the Lions Twitter account said, um, someone's coming for the starting spot. I think that's what it was. And Kerryon Johnson responded and said, oh, I didn't know it was possible to work out and not post it on social media, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. That because is that, funny. that is what it is. It's the like NFL players. Like, I mean, I think a lot of them do post it on social media, but also people think that if, like, you're not, if they're not posting, they're not right. working out, which isn't and true. And this is a little off topic, but I'll – I'm just going to say it anyway. So I'm a big Redskins fan, obviously. And Haskins, I think, posts every single workout that he does on his Instagram, which is fine because I know that he's obviously working out. But if you go on his feed, it's literally like eight posts in a row of just him like throwing a football. And you're like, I mean, yeah, it's good to see. But, I mean, I don't think that just because yeah. you're posting it makes it like us be like, oh, you're working out. Like you can still, you know, work out without obviously yeah, I mean, having to post opinion, eight in a row. Yeah, in my opinion, I just I wouldn't probably post it because if you're in Haskins' position, obviously, like he didn't have a great leader last year. A lot right. of people, you know, the the team split on him in a little bit. Front office, coaching staff, the fans are a little upset. Maybe a lot of people think he's going to be a bust. Um, I mean, if he's posting workout videos every day and then he comes out and sucks, it's like, all right, dude, like there's just literally nothing you can do. Right, like, exactly. Know, you know what I mean? It's like you've been working out every day and you still aren't that good. So and like, his mentality, like I don't want to seem like a hater because I love him, but his mentality is like obviously like like everyone's sleeping yeah, on me but off. Yeah. If, like you're posting about it then what are you keeping quiet so yeah i, I, agree. I agree okay yeah and to go um, back to kind of yeah, yeah you the, could go. the whole conversation of cousins and stafford so okay i love cousins actually you know being a washington fan what he did for this franchise he's going to probably go down as the best quarterback we've had in the you know from the 2000 to 2020 era or 2010 to 2020 era um but with Cousins, the kind of the biggest thing was, you know, like if it's a primetime game or a big game, he's not going to fall through and he's not going to execute. But I think that what we saw last year in New Orleans is he kind of proved that wrong. Um, and I think that when you're looking at Cousins, he kind of now, like, you can't really have, I feel like, too much to hit on him for, you know. I know that he's going to throw for a lot of yards, but with that comes maybe a little bit of a interception kind of ratio. But you know, with Stafford, it's also hard because what, like you said, what has he had to work with in the past? And I think that even looking at last year's Lions team, you know, you saw, you know, they started off pretty well. And then when Stafford kind of went down the injury, they brought in Jeff Driscoll, who I'm not trying to be mean, but it was a huge drop off. And you can saw, and you saw that from a production standpoint with this uh, Lions team. So it just kind of shows the impact Stafford has on that team. But if it's between the two, I'm probably going to go Cousins not by a lot, by just a little bit, but I think that I'm a big fan of Cousins, and I still love Stafford. And like I just said, you saw what Stafford brought to that Lions team last year, but Cousins has been a consistent quarterback for this Vikings team. They've always made the playoffs or at least been in playoff contention. It was first year in Minnesota. They had to win that game against Chicago, and they didn't fall through. But like I said, they were so close to making it. And then the next year, he just won against New Orleans. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him this year. So he's shown that he can prove um, he proves that he can make the playoffs or at least come close to it. And he won the big game against New Orleans. So I'm taking Kirk Cousins uh, over Matthew Stafford. Yeah, it's totally fair. Like you said, performance-wise, pretty, pretty close. And obviously, I've said many, many times before, one of the most important things is durability. And Kirk Cousins stays on the field. Matthew Stafford, yeah. 
doesn't really doesn't have much of a line or a running game or wide receivers besides Galladay, but he doesn't really. Uh, I'm Marvin Jones, honestly. It's not a bad duo. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. He doesn't really stay on the field. I do feel a little bad because I'm not the biggest Matt Patricia fan, so I think that oh, he sucks. It's just like yeah, and I think the moment they get rid of him, Stafford's because we both know it's coming sooner rather than later. There's no chance yeah. he redeems himself. So I think with Patricia, when he's gone, hopefully they can kind of get a offensive-minded head coach maybe to work with Stafford and build an offensive team around him. I know you want to – I know defense is important, but look at the offensive kind of presence, and I think it's it's all right, but you kind of think, I, in my opinion, need a couple more uh, playmakers on that side to be a playoff contention team. So, Yep, I agree. Uh, would you rather have Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook for the next two seasons? I'm personally taking Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick wow. Chubb – I know it's one of those things where I've seen a lot on social media where Nick Chubb, everyone's like, Nick Chubb's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. But I think I've made this you know, argument before. When everyone says he's underrated, he's kind of no longer underrated. But I think he is, yeah. for that aspect, fairly rated. And you saw what Nick Chubb did. Even with the Browns going 6-10 and 10 last year, he was still very productive in that running game. And not to say Dalvin Cook wasn't. We saw a huge – you know, we saw what Dalvin Cook can do when he can stay healthy, but if it's between the two, I'm taking Nick Chubb, and I think that he's going to have a very good year for this Browns team. And then I know I made that post on All Sports Culture, but I expect the Browns to be very, very good this year. Yeah, I agree. I think the Browns will be a very, very solid team this year. Um, I, I put two seasons in the question because of that health reason. I think Dalvin Cook, obviously, already with the torn ACL, I think he had a hamstring issue last year, something like that. Um, so he's already had a decent amount of injuries. He's a running back. They get beat up all the time. Chubb, on the other hand, has stayed on the field. So that's a big part of it. I think they're very, very close in skill. I would say Dalvin Cook had the much better offense in his career so far. The Browns have been pretty dysfunctional, even with all the weapons they had last year. Um, obviously not much of an O-line. And Chubb still did very, very well, like you said. So I think when you said Chubb, I was pretty, pretty surprised. But now that I think about it, uh, Chubb might have the edge for me. If, if I feel like we've said this for every question. If we're not talking health, I think I might take Dalvin right. like slightly. But since I put two seasons, I don't really know about Dalvin's health so far. Um, a torn ACL in your rookie year is very, very tough to get over. Um, not everyone's Adrian Peterson. So I probably would say Chubb, honestly. But yeah. skill-wise, i give it to Dalvin by slight, slight hair. Yeah, and if only the Browns had Trent Richardson. That would be. <laughs> oh, the curious case of Trent Richardson, the best YouTube video of all time. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Exactly. All right. So, would you rather have Rob Gronkowski or Darren Waller? An interesting one. Honestly, I've seen some people say Gronk's already like a top four tight end, which is that's that's crazy to me. I don't know. Uh, it hasn't been in football for what two years, and um, I would say three years ago he wasn't very good. He, I mean, he had his moments, but he was definitely seemed out of it. You know, he didn't seem like the Gronk. And so. I know we've made this argument so many times, but I think towards the end of, you know, his, I guess, career before his first retirement, he was dealing with a little bit of a injury concern. So I think. Yeah. I mean, to- I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say towards the end. I would say his entire career. Yeah. Uh, he's fair. obviously been hurt a ton. So uh, I think it's totally, totally reasonable he comes in and he's a top four tight end. Uh, maybe not the first game, but after two or three games, especially with Tom. But uh, I might go down Waller. Down Waller is really, really good. He played with Derek Carr, 
Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I think that might help him a little bit because Derek Carr only throws like seven yards down the field. Yeah. But Darren Waller also is a decent vertical threat. He's not just a dip and dunk kind of tight end. So um, Waller is very, very well-rounded, and I think I probably would take Waller next season. Yeah, and like you were saying, the way the Raiders kind of present their offense through Gruden is they don't like to go deep. Obviously, you see a lot of the, these five- to ten-yard passes and a lot of tight end action. So I think that that's why we saw a huge success in Darren Waller last year, which I don't know kind of runs the question of why they took Ruggs because, you know, Ruggs is yeah, that guy horrible. who – I don't, I'm not, we're not going to get into that. I think, I think Gruden forced it on Carr. He's like, Carr, you got to throw the ball more than 12 <laughs> right. yards, dude. Like, come and on. I think, why, I, I think we said this before, but a big reason why they want rugs is they want to kind of mimic that with Tyreek Hill in that same division. But to go back to the first question or the question we're on is Gronk or Darren Waller. So Gronk and Brady have just been an amazing connection. We've seen that throughout New England, and I think that, you know, when people look at this Tampa Bay team upcoming season, they look at just, you know, they look at Tom Brady and they look at the wide receiver core. But I think some people kind of forget that Gronk is on that team. And I know that we kind of brought up the concern of he's had an injury history, but when he can stay healthy, he is a phenomenal tight end. And I'm not taking anything away from Darren Waller. And I think it, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful by taking Gronk over Waller because of Waller's incredible season last year, but if Gronk can stay healthy and he's going to have Tom Brady on his team and it's going to be a pretty, I don't know if it's going to be uh, how the offense can be presented with Bruce Arians as a, instead of Bill Belichick, but I think it's going to be a pretty good offense. And I'm very excited to see um, what Gronk can do coming back into the league with Tom Brady. And I think that we've learned never to kind of doubt that one, two combination with Brady and Gronk. So as much as I want to take Waller and how much I just praise that Las Vegas offense and how they use their tight ends to their advantage. I'm going to personally take Gronk in this instance. Yeah, that's fair. Gronk has obviously a ton, a ton of potential. Uh, also a lot of risk there, but uh, next question this is our last one for this segment. Would you rather Aaron Rodgers retires a Packer in two seasons or he goes to the Patriots after those two seasons and plays another year or two? Okay. So it kind of depends because I think this kind of question has been brought up, and I think we've talked about this last podcast. Like, with the Patriots' luck, they're going to be, like, the worst team in the football next year and then draft Trevor Lawrence and then win, like, a bunch of Super Bowls. So, yeah, in all honesty, like, you know, I don't think the Patriots should kind of head in that situation. I know this is a question regarding Rodgers, not the Patriots. But the Patriots shouldn't really head in a direction where they, you know – I think they should rock with Rodgers and hope to win another ring in the next one or two years. I think at this instance, they kind of have to head into like a rebuilding situation. And I know they got a little bit of older players on the team, like, you know, Julian Edelman, but I think that in the Patriots best situation, they should kind of rebuild stick maybe with Stidham or go with Trevor Lawrence and then kind of rock with that. But to go back to Rodgers, you know, uh, I think that, you know, the question mark is what's going to happen with Jordan Love because Jordan Love could come into the season this season because of a maybe like a Rodgers, you know, injury or maybe just Rodgers isn't performing the way he should. Or maybe Jordan Love doesn't come into like three years from now. It's just the timetable for him to play is just a huge wide margin and it's kind of unfair for us to make a prediction on that. So I think I would rather see though, Rodgers retires a Packer. And I think that in two seasons, and I think that Rodgers, 
like I just talked about on this podcast, I think that even with the bad drafting, I think that the Packers with Matt LaFour kind of hit, heading in a, in a direction where it's a lot better than Rodgers has had in the past. Even when, you know, even with him winning a Super Bowl against Pittsburgh, I think that the way this team is kind of heading, you're seeing more offensive talent. And I think that the defense was very good last year. We got a lot better. And I think that, you know, it's in a upward direction. But, you know, I think that also I've been a huge fan of that team should sit quarterbacks coming into the league. So I think that Jordan Love should not play at all this season, maybe even not play the next season. When you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you need to take as much learning from him as possible. So I think that the Rodgers situation is he should just stick with Green Bay, go all in for these next two seasons. And I think they do have a chance to even make the Super Bowl, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But for me, I'm going to go Rodgers retires a Packer in two seasons. All right. From my point of view, I kind of want to see Rodgers play as long as possible. So if it turns out he plays his entire career with the Packers and it turns out he plays there for four more seasons or whatever it is, I would love that. If he has to go to the Patriots and play with Belichick, I also – I mean, I don't love the Patriots. I kind of hate, like, they have this dynasty all the time, blah, blah, blah. But I think it would be cool to see, you know, one of my favorite quarterbacks team up with the best coach of all time. I would love for them to get a ring together because I feel like Rodgers deserves that, um, especially given McCarthy's entire career or most of his career, and I hate McCarthy. Um, <laughs> so I, I, think it's, I think it's fair to Rodgers. I would love to see that. But also at the same time, I'm pretty sure Rodgers has said when he's not at his best anymore, he's going to stop. He's going to uh, – retire i'm pretty sure he said that he's not going to hang on like Favre. although Favre did have some pretty decent years after he came back for the vikings at least yeah he, um, did, he i mean if he doesn't throw that pick they make the super bowl yeah exactly exactly so Favre did prove everyone wrong for the most part but but uh i'm pretty sure rogers has said when he's not feeling it anymore when he's not playing at the top of his game he's probably going to lay it down so i think um what is he 36 now i, I would say in two seasons he'll probably hang it up um I mean, I could be completely wrong, and he could want to play till 40, and I could be totally misquoting him. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think I feel like that's what I've heard. So I would um, – I feel like I want to see him play for the Patriots, and I want to see him win a wing with uh, Belichick. I think that would be really, really cool, even though I'm obviously a Giants fan. And, um, well, I mean, we beat the Patriots twice, so that's good enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so moving on, we got the MJ documentary. Like I said to you before, I'm only on uh, episode four. Um, like halfway through it. So I'm pretty behind and that's pretty bad because this, this documentary is so, so good so far. I just haven't had time really for the most part, but doing other things, but um, the thoughts on it, uh, obviously I just said it was really, really good so far. You've obviously seen a little bit more than I have. Uh, what do you expect to see tonight? You think it's going to, what do you think it's going to go? Yeah. So tonight I think we're going to see, you know, up until episode eight, I know you haven't got here yet, but we've seen, you know, everything up into the 96 finals. And I'm excited to see the 97, 98 finals because it focuses on a sole team in the Utah Jazz who they play in the NBA finals. So it's going to be a little bit interesting to see these, this Bulls team play a team, not just one time in the finals, but two times, because that's the only time the Bulls has played a team more than once in the finals was that Jazz team. So I'll be excited to see, uh, you know, the insight that they gave on that matchup. So um, we'll see that. We'll see the last shot that Jordan hit on them. And then we're going to see everything uh, post-retirement. So it's going to be really cool to see. Um, I've just been such a fan of the documentary. You know, I've, I know you know this, but I'm a huge 90s basketball fan. I think that this documentary has done a very good job of kind of showing what's been going on during that era of basketball and why it's regarded, in my opinion, the best era in basketball ever. 
So I'm very excited to see what happens tonight. But um, yeah, uh, this this MJ to me, and I think that they've done you know ten episodes to show this. It's just why, in my opinion, he's the best player of all time. Yeah, I mean, he's a go. There's no question there for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rick Boucher released an article saying if MJ played in today's era, who would be his Scotty? Some of the options he mentioned, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Bradley Beal, Draymond Green. Um, I mean, obviously, Scotty was n- not the best scorer. He was, a, he was the sidekick. MJ did most of the scoring. We know that. But he was the perfect role player. He did everything else. He played amazing, amazing defense. He did all that. So I think a perfect sidekick would kind of be like a I don't I guess a Paul George. It would kind of be like a Draymond Green, but I feel like that's disrespecting Scotty in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I I think you're looking at someone who you want a lot of defense. It's kind of like a Paul George, even though Paul George can score at an elite level. Um, not to say that Scotty couldn't when uh, MJ wasn't there on the court, um, but. In my opinion, I feel like it would probably be like a Paul George. It wouldn't really be like a Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is like like the scorer. He's a shooter. That's yeah. not really Scotty's thing. And I Anthony can't really Davis see really... Beal kind of falling for that like second yeah. best on a team. You know, I feel like he succeeds being the best player on the team, and you've seen that with John Wall being out for some time now. But yeah, to kind of go on to like the question we're presenting, I think the best option would be George, but a good option I'm looking at is Anthony Davis for the fact that we've seen Davis be the sidekick to LeBron in LA and it's worked out obviously very well. And Anthony Davis has done a good job not being the best player on the team and just doing everything he can to make that team succeed with LeBron being the number one guy. And I think that if you presented, you know, Anthony Davis with Michael Jordan, it would be the same sort of scenario. And I would expect that, those two people to um, help win games for whatever team they are presented with. I think Anthony Davis and Michael Jordan would be like the most unfair thing of all time. Yeah, honestly. Well, I mean, obviously like Shaq and MJ would be even more dumb, but like yeah. just giving Anthony Davis and MJ would be so stupid. Honestly, they'd probably just close the league for a couple of years. Yeah. Honestly. Say, all right, the next five are going to MJ. We'll start up with uh, the next finals in six years. I mean, yeah, in all honesty, like that's kind of what happened with, scotty and mj like you win yeah, I mean, pretty much yeah it was like, like formality except, but they were just playing <laughs> right except for the two years when mj is retiring like yeah six six rings in eight years is pretty impressive yeah it's decent they did a pretty good job over there i'll give them that mm-hmm. um yeah so obviously we love this mj documentary and another documentary we probably want to see is you know this warriors dynasty but they turned down the camera crew to document their 2018 2019 season um, I think I understand why. I mean, Kevin Durant is like the guy would literally explode when someone had asked him <laughs> like, how his day was. So I think right. he wouldn't, they wouldn't really work. Obviously, Draymond is kind of like hot and heavy, whatever you want to call it, heated at, all the time. Um, hot and heavy is that that sounds really weird. Draymond is not hot and heavy. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I just feel like it wouldn't really work with them. So I think it was a good idea. And, you know, Steve Kerr said how much it affected them, um, all the cameras and all whatnot. So obviously the head coach of the Warriors, so he kind of knows how it would be with them. He probably knows it wouldn't really work in their locker room. So unfortunately enough, we're not going to get a great documentary of them. We'll probably get a documentary, but it won't be the same as the MJ documentary, which sucks because yeah. I love these kind of like inside things. Right. It's just – that's where we're at. Yeah, so I think that I was talking to someone, I can't remember who, but I was saying that if these if the Warriors made a documentary, I feel like they would spend like 
two episodes just talking directly about the Kevin Durant move to Golden State because people don't realize like that was like that was insane and like obviously the amount of hate and the amount of backlash that Kevin Durant got from going to that team it's just it'd be so fascinating to see kind of what he thought about it like the inside scoop about it and what others thought about it that were close to Kevin Durant like that's what I want to see. But to go back to the question, um, it just kind of shows that Steve Kerr being on both teams, being on the 98 Bulls team and obviously being on or coaching this Warriors team, it must prove how distracting and how, you know, even with the reward of winning a championship that season, it must have been so hard to just have to deal with them at a time in and time out. So I think that as much as we want to see it, it was probably the right decision for this Warriors team. Um, to not have to deal with all the outside distraction. And I think that even with not getting the inside scoop on this Warriors team, I still, like you said, would love to see documentary kind of presenting the whole dynasty, how it formed. And then obviously when the dynasty ever runs out, I would like to see kind of the end of it. So. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a damn shame. We're not going to get that, but uh, it is what it is. Honestly, I think that they should have, the NBA should have made them put the cameras in because the Warriors team was so much better than everyone else that they should have all they should have everything against them in my opinion so obviously i'm playing around a little bit but it's yeah. still kind of stupid i mean katie literally said it wasn't fun when we won the 20 or uh, bob myers yeah, bob the myers. gm of the warriors said it wasn't fun when when they won and then katie commented and he said uh n word i won't say that obviously but he said all these n words look pretty happy when i uh, we won in the picture that they won. Yeah. Um, so, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, obviously everyone was pretty ecstatic when they won, but at the same time, I understand where he's coming from after, you know, like the, the day of like the high, you're kind of afterwards, it's kind of like, all right, I feel like we we're supposed to do that. So it probably wasn't as great, but yeah. uh, moving on, we could discuss our top 10 all time. I don't think we have, we probably don't have enough time to list all of our top 10, but uh, if you want to go through, we can go through our top 10 that we post on all sports culture. And we can talk a little bit about the uh, changes we would have made, or if you totally agree, we can talk about some of the comments. But uh, I could start it off. Uh, Hakeem was put way too high on our list, and I think that Bill Russell was put a little bit too high. My opinion, obviously, Bill Russell played in the 60s. He had, what, like seven – didn't he have like seven Hall of Famers on his team? And there was like 14 teams in the NBA. Um, Maybe not even. There was like nine or something ridiculous. Yeah. So – I mean, obviously, he beat he beat Will Chamberlain in the playoffs a decent amount, um, which is pretty impressive. But uh, I, I can't put Bill Russell over a guy like Shaq, who won five rings in a very, very hard era of basketball and dominated every game that he played. Yeah. Um, Akeem is obviously extremely talented. He's one of the best seasons of all time. Uh, great, great player. Definitely worthy of being around the 10th spot. But I don't know if he deserves to be in front of Larry Bird and Shaq. Um, and Tim Duncan wasn't on our list at all. I think Tim Duncan's an unbelievable player. Yeah, uh, maybe people write him off a little bit just because he got to play with the Spurs, who's one of the best franchises of all time. But let's be honest, Tim Duncan is a reason why they're one of the best franchises of all time. I mean, Tim, when Tim Duncan came in his rookie year, well, he averaged like twenty and ten. Like, right, and it was, it was one of those situations where he came into the league and they were successful right from the get go. So he obviously yeah. had an immediate impact on that Spurs team. Yeah, I agree. Is there any changes you'd make to our list? Yeah, um, I think I agree with you on the Bill Russell. I think that Bill Russell was a phenomenal player, but to have him at six is a little too high for me. I'm looking at the kind of eight to ten range. Um, Shaquille O'Neal at nine, 
I think I'd have him at like seven to eight, so bump him up a spot. And I think like people don't realize that Shaq is by far the most dominant player of all time. And you look at what he did on the court. And even if like, because, you know, I think that with Shaq, he was an unbelievable player, but he did not care about the square basketball to the fullest of his ability. So if you look, kind of imagine what he would do if he actually like really cared about the sport of basketball, then I think that he is a probably maybe in a top five player of all time. I don't know. So, um, but I love Larry too. And I think that he should be ahead of Bill Russell looking at those two Celtics legends, but the overall list in my opinion is not bad. And it's very common for both of us to have a little bit of, you know, like we want to switch a little things, little things around. But I think for the most part, looking at the list, it's one I can get behind and support. Yeah, I, I think it's funny all these like NBA like random fan pages that these kids are like. I mean, what? What? You're 16 years old, Kurt. 17. Okay. I mean, these kids are around that age, so I'm gonna make fun of you a little bit. But hey, I would say they're right. probably maybe a little younger. But me being 21 years old, I mean, this, he got – I'm going to call him out. I mean, NBA circles commented like seven times about how bad this list was. Like he – first of all, this is another list where you can't actually get a right answer. There is yeah. no chance – there is no such thing as a right answer on a top ten list of all time. There's, there's – it's it will never happen. There's something where you could say, okay, I could argue this and my list is – technically better than yours because my guys have more accolades and everyone values things differently. People value championships over dominance. I mean, I could say Shaq is a top five player of all time and you can't say that's wrong. He's the most dominant player of all time. And he won what five, wait, Shaq, how many Shaq? He He won won four rings. He won four rings. Okay. So exactly. Like I could say he's a top five player and you literally cannot argue that because he's amazing. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I do think he's around seven. Uh, but NBA Circles comments is he's like tagging people. He's like, look at this amazing list. And then they're commenting. This guy's like, you can tell this list is garbage because Kareem and Magic are both top five. First of all, Kareem, Magic Johnson is the best point guard of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most points in the NBA ever. He said three Lakers are top five. Kobe Bryant is one of the best scorers of all time. He has five rings. Tim Duncan is in the top ten. I agree. I wouldn't really um, – I, I would have Tim Duncan in my top ten. But, I mean, also at the same time, it's like, who are you going to take out? Are you going to take out Bill Russell just because you think that he played in the old age? I mean, that's what all these 15-year-olds do. They say that the, the league sucked back then, which I do think that um, in the 80s, I don't think you can say that about it. The 60s is different. There was like 10 teams. Bill Russell had like every Hall of Famer on his team. That's different. But in my opinion, he was still a great, great player. Um, this kid says, holy shit, throw this page away. Like, I, <laughs> let me, let me, I got to click on this kid's page because I don't know. He's got 1,000 followers. Like, I don't I think he's, I don't know. Dude. Yeah, with my. He doesn't even post his own content, dude. He posts other people's stuff. Like, dude, don't comment on my page, please. Like, you literally <laughs> um, throw this page away. Like, you can make a, like, who says your list is right? I think, like the argument I made earlier, like, I'm okay. If, like, everyone's going to have, like, problems with the list. That's why we posted. We want to see your guys' opinion on it. But if you're just going to say, like, this is bad and not giving any context about it, then like, I don't think that's right. But if you're saying like, I personally think that Bill Russell is a better player than Kobe Bryant, but I like the list. Like I could get behind that. I understand where you're coming from. And you think that like Bill Russell's better. I mean, I personally disagree with that. I'm just saying that if you at least are given your opinion, then like, it's not, I, I can get behind it. But if you're just saying this is bad, then that's where I'm like, okay, but, obviously you're going to disagree with it, but like we did, like we, we did the best we could. And we literally 
it was ranked by all of us ASC members, and obviously every single ASC member didn't agree on the set list. So it was hard to make the list, but I hope that um, people always understood that it's a hard list to make, and we obviously did the best we could with it. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's just like there's no right answer. I mean, the Tim Duncan thing, a lot of the comments are Tim Duncan's missing, and I totally agree. I think Tim Duncan's definitely a top-ten player. At the same time, it's like um, people are saying this is – the worst list I've ever seen. And their only reason is that Tim Duncan isn't on the list. I mean, are you going to say it's the worst thing you've ever seen? Like also like another thing, like I was saying with the top 100, you got like, uh, you got imagine putting Kobe before Will, what the fuck. And then you got Kobe head of magic and then it's raised Kobe and Larry two spots. And it, every person has a different opinion. Yeah. It's just like, you cannot win with these lists. I mean, it's just these these all these kids think that they have the right list, and that's totally fair. Everyone should think that they have the right list, but it's like you can't you can't say with a straight face that this is the worst list ever. And it's like okay, well, that that's that's my rant on that. That was good though. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, say how you feel, uh, man. It's all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how I feel. But uh, we got the last question coming up. I think this is actually a really interesting question. Um. What is one sports argument you've probably been too ignorant on and it's time to admit you're wrong? Do you have one in mind? Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't, this is just the one that popped in my head. I don't think it's the, you know, worst one I've had, but going into the 2018 NFL draft, I think it was 2018. I said, Josh Rosen would be the second best quarterback out of that draft. Oh, I said he'd be the best. I said he'd be the best. Okay. I said it'd be Darnold, then Rosen, then Baker, then Allen, and then Lamar. And as you could tell, that's a pretty bad list. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, over time, I've been like, you know, give Rosen a shot. Like, and I still am on this. Like, I know, totally agree. I'm on the same exact train. Like, the man comes into the league and plays for Arizona, who had an atrocious offensive line. When I tell you atrocious, like, that was bad. And just an overall bad team. And he did the best he could i know it wasn't the best season ever but how can anyone succeed with that kind of support system then goes to miami and you already know how we feel about miami and you know got put in a bad situation also there like i just think that if you present him and you have faith in him like that's why i was pushing for rosen to go for uh to go to new england like he's put in the best support system ever with the best head coach of all time I think that if he doesn't succeed there, then you make the argument of, okay, then that's, you know, that's fine. He couldn't succeed in the NFL, but at least you gave him the best shot possible to succeed. But if you're putting him in such bad situations, then of course he's not going to succeed to his highest potential. And that's where like, I get super mad about him because people just say he sucks. But if you actually look at what he's gone through, like you tell me a quarterback besides like Patch Mahomes, that's going to do well in that situation. So that's where like, I just get mad. And then, um, but to go back to kind of the sports argument, I've been too arrogant on, it's kind of just admitting that, you know, Lamar is probably gonna be the best quarterback out of draft class. And that's just been amazing. Cause you know, I'm not trying to be mean. I just wasn't that super high on him coming into the draft. And obviously he's right now an amazing quarterback. And so I think that it's a little bit of a combination of, you know, Rosen being the best or second best and Lamar being the fifth best. So like I'll completely admit right now I was so wrong on Lamar and he's a fantastic quarterback. And I think for the most part, people weren't super, you know, high on Lamar coming into the draft class. And I think they were higher on those other quarterbacks, but 
I'm wrong and he's doing, doing amazing things for Baltimore. So respect to him for proving me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much on the same train as you. The only reason I kind of think um, I'm still holding out hope for Rosen a little bit, but the reason I've, I'm pretty much off the train as of now is the Patriots had the most picks in this draft and they, and most of them were in the fourth through seventh round and they didn't trade one of those for Rosen. You can get Rosen for a fourth, fifth rounder right now. You can get Rosen for a fifth rounder and they didn't do it. You're right. So that kind of mm, uh, puts a little damper on it for me. Uh, you would think Belichick would want to, you know, take Rosen try to develop him a little bit. Maybe he knows he's not very good. Uh, obviously, I haven't watched every single Rosen throw, and I'm sure the Patriots scouts have. So it's like maybe he's not very good. But uh, I would say the argument I was going to bring up is, I mean, I've, pro- I've pretty much admitted I was – well, I don't know. I said going into last year I had um, OBJ as my number one wide receiver in the league. I said OBJ was the best wide receiver in the league. Um, I mean, I was super high on the Browns too, so I think it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I saw what OBJ did. I'm a Giants fan, so that may have factored into a little bit. I'll admit that outright. Um, Admittedly, he probably should have been like three or four on my list. Now he's probably only like seven or eight. But um, I saw what he did with Eli, how good he was. He literally dominated games. Like he single-handedly won games for the Giants. And it was, it's like Eli, I was, I'm a huge Eli guy, but the last three years of his career, he wasn't very good. And I knew that. And OBJ still had amazing years with Eli not being a very good quarterback. So I thought when he went to, and I was pretty high on Baker. So he went to the Browns. I was saying, okay, OBJ is going to have a career year. Baker's going to have a career year at coming into his sophomore season. And you're going to see that OBJ is really one of the best wide receivers in the league. Maybe not the best, but definitely top two or three. So obviously that didn't really pan out. OBJ had a pretty disappointing year. The entire Browns did. Um, so that's, that, that's definitely one I pushed for a while, that OBJ was the um, best wide receiver in the league. Not very true, but I think he'll make a push for top five this year, in my opinion, because uh, I'm pretty high on the Browns and so are you. So yeah. I think OBJ is going to have a really, really good year. But other than that, I um, thought that was a cool question because there's definitely arguments where, you know, we debate sports all the time and there's – you don't really realize that you kind of get attached to takes and you like, oh, for admit sure. that you're wrong. So it's like – I'm and sure even there's when you're tons completely that I can't wrong, think You'll find ways to give excuses make you on right why. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like um, – I admit yeah. I am pretty wrong all the time, but hopefully I have some pretty good takes also. Yeah, we, we, we hope that as well at All Sports <laughs> Culture. <laughs> But that's going to be it for episode five of Highlighted, the All Sports Culture Podcast. Kurt and Sully back at it again. We're going to be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify, whatever it is. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Obviously, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, We just had the Patrick Mahomes video hit 50K. I think 50K, 40K. It's massive. That's really big for us. Uh, we love all the support that you guys are giving us. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel. Watch the Trent Richardson video because it's probably the best type of content you'll see in the next like <laughs> 27 years. But other than that, that's going to be it. Kurt and Sully out.